Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Half a day and welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, affected everybody. It's how you deal with it, how you move forward from that, how you plan and, and get strategies in, in place that do work, that do function, and that can make a difference. The new chair of the Fiji Rugby Union talks COVID and competing on the world stage. A new Pacific team puts up its hand to join Super Rugby, and more local sports get the OK to resume competition. First up, the new chair of the Fiji Rugby Union is confident the governing body can weather the COVID-19 storm and says they want to forge closer ties with New Zealand and Australia. Fiji Rugby announced in April it was cutting costs in an attempt to manage the financial fallout from the coronavirus. Conway Begg was appointed to the FIU board last month. The businessman and former Flying Fijians assistant coach believes he brings a range of experience to the role. You played rugby right through the streams, right from you know, down below, upwards, and, and traveled the world and played in various spots, like New Zealand as well, and, and the north, and coming back to Fiji. If you have that rounded experience, it actually sets you up well, both mentally and gives you a bit more holistic approach. But you've got to understand one thing, you know, in the Pacific, Pacific Islanders, you know, we have a bit of culture. It's important to understand the culture, the values that we, you know, we're faced with every day, the challenges and the adversity sometimes that makes us a bit more, you know, challenged. <laughs> in dealing with the roundness of players from, like you say, from, from New Zealand and Australia. So, yeah, it's given me a really good grounding um, and, and more appreciative of how to address uh, aspects in our, in our game or in our um, governance, if you like. So you weren't previously a part of the FAU board. You obviously had your, your, your architecture business and, you know, in the past you've had your other rugby commitments. Um, do, do you think coming from the outside back in, do you, do you have a different perspective on, I guess, looking from afar as to how you think Fiji rugby is going and, and what you think it needs to do going forward? I don't think you're ever out of touch with rugby. You're never, you're never away from it. You know, if you're passionate about the game, you're always involved in some way or another, you know, if you're addressing it. So it's been like, yeah, I've been away, but I've, I've been sort of in touch, if you like. That's the sort of... Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's... The, 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 I guess the most important thing is is just focusing, using the skill set that I have and um, understanding what's required of us now moving forward. You know, obviously, um, rugby is very challenging in the Pacific for, not just for Fiji, but the other island nations like Tonga and Samoa. So, but we're focused on ourselves and how we position, our, position ourselves um, out there, particularly with our global partners, um, New Zealand and, and Australia. But also with uh, World Rugby. How is the FAU responding to COVID-19? Because obviously you're one of the countries fortunate enough to have local club rugby happening again. The Skipper Cup, Fairbrother Cup are now underway. And Vashnil was just talking about the second tier about to get underway as well. Uh, I know a few months back there were some job cuts at FAU or, or people sort of went to reduced hours, which we've seen at you know, rugby unions all around the world. Is there light at the end of the tunnel from an FAU point of view? Are the books going to be able to be balanced? Do you, do you feel you can come out of this in a good position? 
well, COVID's brought about an interesting uh, approach to rugby in the reset sort of environment. You know, it's something your country is looking at or, you know, New Zealand Rugby and, and Rugby Australia are looking at as well. But in terms of uh, how it's impacted us in, in our capacity to operate, you know, it, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say it was. Of course it does. It's affected everybody. It's how you deal with it, how you move forward from that, how you, how you plan and, um, and, and, and get strategies in, in place that, that do work, that do function, and, uh, and that can make a difference. I mean, you, you can see we've just started the Skipper Cup games, our provincial games have started. That's been challenging itself. Yes, resources are something that we've addressed, we've had to look at, um, and we're going to continue to address that. You know, as we, as we move along, you know, we have to look, look at our, our cash flow. We've got to look at the, you know, there's all these uh, elements in, in running, running rugby. It hasn't uh, been, at e- been easy at all. But, the, you know, it's, it's fair to say we've got a, a wonderful environment in Fiji. You know, we've got the ocean, the beach, and the coconut tree. Conway, what do you think are the biggest issues in international rugby at the moment? And, and, and how does Fiji fit into that? It's getting uh, fair play, you know. And yes, we, we haven't had our fair share of, of participating in the, in the big arena um, for the reasons that um, people talk about. But I think it's time to look forward, move forward uh, and, and address that. And this is the time to, to plan, go away, look at things with the reset button in place. Um, we're working with the region. We, I'd like to see our, our regional partners playing a more active role with us um, moving forward um, so that we, you know, you know, rugby, Fiji rugby as a product is, is a valuable commodity in the world, as you can see. Well, we have a very proud history. You know, look at our history, for instance, you know, and, and in all aspects of the game, you know, not just the 15s and 7s, but, you know, we like to think we contribute to the product rugby. Um, so it's important that Fiji rugby has a, has a place. We, we also want to see ourselves aligning more professionally, um, taking part in more serious competitions to better prepare our players for the test calendar. You know, we've got some, we've got to look at that as well and how that fits in with the bigger picture in the, in the world calendar and also in the region. It's easy to criticize, and, but I think we've got an opportunity to move forward and solidify that so that, you know, we have a play, so that it resonates well, you know. With Are New Zealand and Australia treating you as equals as the FAU? Do, do you think... They, uh, do they think they're doing you a favour and being kind because they're the bigger brother sort of thing? Or do you feel you're getting treated with enough respect? Yeah, tricky question. No, I think, you know, I think in fairness, we, we have to cooperate. I think it's, a time, it's time now to put those, that type of thinking aside. I, I, I just, I just want to see a more positive movement forward from here onwards. I do still think that we're all part of that proud history in this part of the globe. You know, that there's so much history with, I mean, rugby history with, with New Zealand, there's also proud rugby history with with Australia. We need to build on those positives and and you know make them more uh, you know solidified and so that they resonate well not just with the globe but with the peoples of all those nations and how we can we can come together under that umbrella. But yeah, real positiveness is I think fruition. That for me is the the key point uh, in this role is to is to drive that um, so that we're moving forward. That we're always working collectively. And then we are participating in that rugby environment that's, uh, that's before us. That's the new Fiji Rugby Chairman, Conway Begg. The Asia-Pacific Dragons are the latest team to express their interest in joining an expanded Super Rugby competition. 
The Hong Kong-based Dragons were first formed as an exhibition side in 2011 and last year competed alongside teams from Fiji and Samoa in global rapid rugby. They missed out to the Sunwolves six years ago in their first attempt at joining the super competition. The general manager of Dragons owners Karanat Sports Marketing is Sam Lawrence. He says they've submitted a bid to join in 2022. You need to show that you've got financial backing and you've got to also obviously illustrate that it's a sustainable. As I said, we've had a crack at Super Rugby in 2014. Uh, we've come back and have a crack, a crack at it now. So I don't think in terms of uh, New Zealand rugby is well aware of where we sit and what our funding uh, model is. And we wouldn't put our uh, feet at the table if we weren't clear that we'd be able to um, meet those expectations or requirements. So if COVID-19 hadn't happened, would you guys be having these conversations or has this sort of been, uh, I guess, facilitated by, by what's happening around the world? I think, you know, COVID's obviously enforced the realities that the super rugby model wasn't working um, or as commercially successful as it was needed to be. I think we're living now in a COVID world or a new world uh, with new opportunities and new thinking. Um, I think we really need to rethink and actually change our approach to, to working and needing to work with private entities. Um, such as ourselves and obviously the likes of Andrew Forrest who had established the Global Rapid Rugby Model in 2019. And so you've been pretty clear, 2022, as you say, you don't want to rush things, so you guys want to give yourselves next year and be a part uh, of any competition from 2022 onwards. Um, could, could could that work against you if, if they want, you know, obviously NZR is very keen to have a, a team of Pacific descent or a Pacific Island flavour. Uh, if you're not ready next year, is there a risk they might overlook you then? Uh, possibly, and that'll be for New Zealand rugby to decide in terms of what they uh, what they need to meet with their broadcasters and their partners for the 2021 competition. Our proposal was for 2022, and this is uh, only going to allow everyone time to ensure huge success. Uh, you've got to look at all aspects from player recruitment, squad time, commercial preparations. Uh, working with the grassroots is another avenue uh, that we see which is hugely important. So therefore we really aren't interested for 2021. And your focus would be what, to play games in, in, in Singapore and in, in Auckland? Would you want to play games in the Pacific at some point? I think you'd love to take, take rugby to the Pacific. I think it's somewhere that probably has been neglected in, in, in some cases. Got to look at the uh, commercial um, viability in that. But I think where we're looking at is that Auckland would be a great place to base yourself. It's probably the biggest Polynesian um, capital of the world, I suppose, some guy to call it. So Auckland's definitely uh, key for us, Singapore, um, throughout Asia and Hong Kong. But we're also very clear to take rugby to uh, the provinces of New Zealand as well. I've had a conversation with a couple of the CEOs around the country and they've been very supportive of us looking at um, bringing super rugby to the provinces as well where there is big Polynesian um, communities. And uh, your head of rugby, Hale Te Pol, he's obviously chair of Pacific Rugby Players uh, who are affiliated to World Rugby and work closely with the respective unions up in the Pacific. So you've just touched on the high-performance programmes, Fiji, Samoa, Tonga. So that would indicate that if you guys were successful, you'd, you'd want to have a, a pretty close relationship with the national unions up there? That's important and that's a key part of our bid. The big thing for us is that the rugby in the Pacific or Samoa, Fiji and Tonga, their national teams have fallen back slightly in uh, in recent years and we believe that um, the APD is in a pro- high-performance programme where we can work with those three unions, um, attract some of their players that are potentially overseas to come back and play for us, where they're going to be together for longer periods of time, only supports what they're trying to do on their year-on-year programme. 
they face huge, huge obstacles at the moment, and uh, but you know we truly want to make sure that that uh, everything goes back through to the islands uh, in terms is, of supporting their processes mm. and uh, their aspirations. There's obviously been you know the drum beating, um, you know for years and years and years about having a Pacific Island team and and Super Rugby. Is this team Pacific enough? Perhaps you know some people obviously would love to see a team based in the islands. Uh, you know whether it's political interference or whether it's just the the resources, the infrastructure up there. Maybe that's not quite ready to to fully happen quite yet. And you know there's obviously you know competing bids with yourselves to to base a team in Auckland as well. Um, ha- having this team sort of straddle Asia Pacific with the name obviously and, and New Zealand. Um, those sort of competing forces, is, is it Pacific enough, do you think, to satisfy people that have been clamouring for a Pacific Island team? Oh, definitely. We've got a, a rich history of having Polynesian influences in our Asia-Pacific Dragons team. We were established in 2011, some nine years ago now, um, and I think if you look at the players that have played for our team, uh, you know we've been very strong in promoting Polynesian talent, and I think... Um, we would most definitely want this team to reflect uh, a heavy Polynesian influence. And um, so, 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 what's the next step from here, Sam? Obviously, NZ Rugby have had X amount of bids. I don't know if you know how many bids have come through for this extra team. Um, and, and I guess they'll what they'll make a decision and say yes or no, or you know, would it not be that sort of finite? Um, I think they're, they're working through their processes at the moment, and I think the first thing first is they need to understand what the current climate is. We've put our bid in some two, three weeks ago now, um, or our expression of interest. We're now waiting for them to uh, to come back to us to allow uh, to advise on the next steps in the program, which um, you know we're looking forward to hopefully getting to the next stage where we can have further, further discussions and work with the key parties such as New Zealand Rugby and the players' associations. Are you guys open to joining an Australian competition as well? Because obviously there's you know, a bit of to and fro either side of the Tasman in terms of who's going to run a competition and who's going to sort of you know, accept the other's terms sort of things. Uh, is, are you guys very much all in the New Zealand side of it? or we, We've spoken to Australian Rugby Australia. Uh, obviously that's showing a, um, a keen eye on building a programme there if they're not included in uh, New Zealand Rugby programme. Um, and I think that uh, to have a Pacific team join the their competition is something that we're not ruling out and we remain in conversation with them around that. That's the general manager of the Asia-Pacific Dragons owners, Sam Lawrence. Eleven sporting federations are now free to resume competition in Papua New Guinea, provided they adhere to strict health and safety measures. Mask wearing is now required at all sporting fields in the National Capital District, although players and officials can remove them when participating. RNZ Pacific sports reporter Tale Anderson says the new measures came into effect over the weekend. So there um, have been more federations that have been granted approval in PNG since they've announced that no spectators are allowed to be at the sports. So from what I understand, yeah, there are 11 sporting federations now that can go ahead with their games. But um, yeah, special I know that special exemptions were given to rugby league, soccer and cricket previously. But uh, now they've said absolutely no spectators are allowed at any of the sporting venues in the capital just um, while they're keeping an eye on those COVID-19 cases and how that tracks, I guess. Yeah, because there's obviously been a bit of a spike in cases and the numbers are still going sort of steadily. So what what sort of uh, measures have been introduced? As you say, there, there were some crowds initially. Uh, the football, soccer came back with, with, with no crowds. League obviously has no crowds now, but they... There are some additional measures now that the players and officials have to 
um, go through when they, you know, attend a game? Yeah, so I guess the major one is just that everyone has to be wearing a mask now. Um, the only ones that aren't allowed to wear that don't need to wear a mask really are the players. So everyone else that's involved some way or somehow, whether on the field or off the field, everyone must wear a mask. Um, and as soon as the players get off the field or stop playing their games, they have to put masks back on again too. So I guess, yeah, that's kind of been the major one. Um, there's obviously a lot more hand-washing stations and hand-sanitising stations um, at all the venues so that people can keep complying with the health and safety measures, keep washing their hands just to ensure that, yeah, they're sticking to those those rules. And I suppose whilst more rules seem to be coming in almost week by week, um, I mean, at least they are still able to continue with these sports, um, you know, under those strict guidelines. So rugby league's been back for a while now. Football, uh, cricket started last weekend, but... Uh, you know, quite a few other sports as well that have, you know, are now free to join the party. Um, now they've got uh, swimming underway. Um, I believe there's netball, uh, volleyball, golf. So uh, yeah, a lot more, a lot more sports that can that I'm sure are very happy to join in on the weekend sporting activities. And, and uh, I guess around the region, obviously PNG has a few COVID cases now that that is going up and sort of, uh, you know, slightly uh, concerning numbers, but. Uh, in many other Pacific countries, things are looking quite strong. Obviously, the likes of Solomon Islands have started their football league uh, a couple of weeks ago. They've got no COVID cases, uh, neither do Samoa. Fiji have had a few in the past, but seem to have everything very much under control now. And, uh, you know, a number of sports have, have resumed there. And um, a big event coming up, I understand. Yeah, so the Fiji Swimming Association uh, will be holding their first swimming tournament next week. And it's going to be the first tournament since the onset of COVID-19. So I know that everyone there is... Really excited to get swimming back underway. Uh, they've also announced that the end of year Open Nationals are going to be an Olympic qualifying event as well. So I think that means there's about eight local swimmers that are trying to get a spot at the 2021 Olympic Games. So that's, yeah, another really exciting thing for Fiji. I was speaking there with RNZ Pacific sports reporter Tyler Anderson. And that's the World in Sport for this week. For more, head to our website, rnzi.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.